listening to Mississippi's most unapologetically conservative podcast. Where the truth is told and liberals are exposed. Liberals are exposed. Welcome to Mississippi Matters with your host, Will McLeod. This podcast is about educating you on politics from Mississippi to Washington, D.C. So strap in and enjoy the show. And now your host, Will McLeod. And we're back doing what we do best, and that is educating the listener. We have a special guest here today on the show, Lauren Smith. She is running for Senate District Number 6. That's in Northeast Mississippi, and uh, we have been following her for quite some time. And uh, she decided to throw her hat into the arena. And uh, we're going to be doing an interview with her, doing an interview here with her. Uh, Trying to get some information pulled up on her now. All right, here we go. All right, we got uh, Lauren Smith on the line. Lauren, are you with us? I'm here. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Any better, I reckon I'd be paying for it. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, I had to get your Facebook page and all pulled up and uh, with your website and everything on it. So it says here that you are running for Senate District Number 6. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about your background, uh, what your occupation's been, and why you thought it was important uh, to run for Senate. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really honored to be here and uh, wonderful and grateful to address your listeners. So, uh, as you said, I'm running for State Senate District 6, and that encompasses essentially the northern two-thirds of Lee County in northeast Mississippi. And a little bit about myself is, I am a mother of a wonderful young man who is my entire world. My son sets and rises by him, and he's uh, he's absolutely wonderful. His name is Cash. And I'm a graduate of Ole Miss, and I graduated there with a degree in clinical laboratory science and layman's terms is medical technology. And I've had that occupation ever since graduating in 2014. Uh, I have been in corporate America and held positions within hospital organizations and done a whole array of things and within hospital laboratories and private laboratories as well. Uh, right now, I'm currently very blessed and fortunate. God has worked out many things for me to allow me to work for myself um, amidst all of the COVID things that hit back in 2020 and 21. Uh, and all the mandates that came down, the job that I held currently at the time was going to require me to take the vaccine, and I didn't want to. And so I just said, I'll make this easy for everybody, and I'll walk away, and I'll make my own way. And that's exactly what I've done, and God's been very good to me and blessed me very much to allow me to have this time in my life, and it couldn't have come at a better time uh, as I'm running for state senate. 
it's a very uh, time consuming thing and being a mother and a single mother at that and uh, you know just trying to make it in this world is uh, is tough enough but like I said I'm I'm very grateful and I'm very fortunate to to have that opportunity and you know as far as professionally that that kind of sums me up but one of the things that I hold near and dear to my heart was the whenever I began my grassroots political organization back in 2020 in the midst of all the cancel culture that happened called PROM, and which stands for Patriots for Rights, Integrity, Morals, and Ethics. And I began that group just as a concerned citizen. And I was tired of seeing statues ripped down and, and having so many things just taken away um, that, that had nothing to do with what people were screaming about. They want to stamp their foots and their feet and say that it's um, done all in the name of equality, but it wasn't equal at all. And I found that the party that preaches tolerance is quite intolerant to anybody else's views except theirs, which is exactly why I started um, my prime organization. And, and all we did was just speak out against everything that we know is wrong uh, and, and making sure that that we had a voice um, going down to the state legislature and fighting bills and legislation that weren't good for our state and trying to help encourage legislators to pass good legislation that, that was going to be good for, um, for the nation or for this state. And that, that's what was so important to me and what I en- endeavored on. And it's led me to this moment in time where we are now, which is me running for state Senate. So here you are, self-employed, a single mother, mm-hmm. and you're running for a Senate seat. Yes. And yes, I- you're motivated by individual liberty, mm-hmm. a citizen's right to choose what goes into their body and not their employee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're motivated by seeing conservative values, principles, and morals propagated throughout our state. That's exactly it. And, and That's you, exactly And you have skin in the game. I do. You put, <laughs> you, you, you put your job on the line mm-hmm. to stand up for what you believe in. Yes. You know, people may, yes. not, may not still believe this, but, but as, a, as a pastor— uh, of, of almost 15 years. One, one thing I have learned and that is God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Absolutely. And, if, and if you'll stand for what you believe in and you'll look adversity in the face, God will show himself strong on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and there were so many people during this pandemic that said they had faith in God, that they said they, they really believed uh, in, in Christianity and for those principles and those morals and those values. But when they were threatened with their employment, they bowed to the God of government. Mm-hmm. They bowed down. They didn't want to lose their job. Many of them didn't want to lose their friends. Many of them didn't want problems with their own family members. 
They sacrificed their beliefs and their freedoms to the God, mm-hmm. of, to the God of government. Yeah. And, and so you took a stand as a single mm-hmm. mother. You, you took a stand and said, you know what? I, I'll make a way for myself. Yes. <laughs> and that's what our listeners need to understand out there. It, it doesn't matter where you're at in life. It doesn't matter if you'll take a stand. You'll be surprised. The people that will rally around you, the doors that God himself will open for you. And that is uh, so it, true. it's a tragedy when, when you see uh, people that tell you, well, I'm a conservative, but I believe this, but. Well, well, there's mm-hmm. there's no there's no room for that. There, there's no room for compromise. Um, what I'm seeing across this state is I'm seeing a number of of young conservatives that that are running in this primary. They're taking on the rhinos, toenail to toenail, eyeball to eyeball. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about uh, the individual that you're running against here in this primary in District Six. Absolutely. So he is a two-term incumbent. He's been in there, uh, you know, for that amount of time, and I hope to end that in August. Um, he, it, it's really hard for me to get a gauge on him. And, and again, one thing that I talk about more than anything, and whenever I'm discussing this with people, I have no problem with him personally. As a person, I, I have no quarrel with him. I do have a quarrel with the way he votes. He has a low American conservative union score. And the reason why is because he votes very liberally. He votes in favor of Medicaid expansion. He votes in favor of pay raises. He votes to take away the voice of the people. You know, people talk about the state flag being a moot point now that it's over and done with. It's not about the flag. It's about the principle. If they can circumvent your voice on a matter like that, that they swore up and down that they would let go to the people, but yet they go against that and they take away the voice of the people, what's next? That's a slippery slope to get upon. And, and another thing is he very, very prominently stands alongside Delbert Hoseman. Delbert Hoseman is unequivocally, unequivocally, a Democrat. He's been a Democrat for his entire, his entire political career, and only until the 2016 red wave did he swap parties, but he didn't swap his views. And he aligns himself with Delbert Hoseman on every single matter. And so I talk about that because that's what is important. You don't vote for somebody based off of the fact whether you knew their grandfather or they there's some they're a good family they taught my Sunday school class well do you realize that the person that whose grandfather taught your Sunday school class is voting himself a pay raise do you understand that the ver- person whose grandfather taught your Sunday school class is in favor of Obamacare expansion do you understand that they're for lo- raising local taxes without it going to a vote of the people those are the things that I have spent all of my years that I've been in prime, that, I've, that I began that organization, was telling people about what was happening in Jackson. I call it tearing the veil. 
you know, as a pastor, you can, you know, you can understand absolutely this analogy. So we talk about the tearing of the veil in the temple. It was about taking the barrier down between God and man. You know, man could enter into the temple now through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And I don't, I'm not belittling that. I'm just trying to, to show the, the resemblance here of it's time to tear the veil. Amen. We, the people, own that state capitol building. Absolutely. But yet we're not allowed in there. Why is that? Why are we not allowed to know what's going on? Why is there no transparency? And that is what I've spent so much time and energy and effort of doing, of going down there, chasing legislators and and making them absolutely miserable, I'm sure. But it's all because nobody knew what was going on down there. Nobody knew that the lieutenant governor has the most legislative power in our state. Right. Nobody knew that all the ways that a bill can get killed or the way that it can uh, keep going through the Senate or all the places that can be blockaded, you know, all of those things that are so convoluted. It is a terribly, terribly convoluted process that we have come up with in our state legislature for passing bills. It is so not simple. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Ridiculous! You have to go. I, I spend a lot of time. You know, we talk about education. You know, and, and that's one of your main things: educating the voter to know where to go. So I go spend a lot of time on Legiscan. I spend a lot of time looking at um, the MississippiLegislature.com's website, looking at what's on the calendar, and and these things are what's important. And that's one thing that my opponent stays away from. He doesn't want to talk about the issues. He doesn't want to talk about the fact that our ballot initiative has been killed now for two years in a row because legislators can't come to see eye to eye on things without making it an absolutely impossible process and an impossible goal to attain in order for the people to have the constitutional right to circumvent the legislature whenever they feel that their ideals are not being represented. And that's a horrible thing because it, we are constitutionally entitled to it, but yet we don't even have a measure in the process able to do that. I'm willing to talk about those things. My opponent is not. The reason why he's not is because he's beholden to the establishment. He's beholden to the lieutenant governor. He's beholden to all of the lobbyists and big super PACs that contribute to his campaign. You can go through his campaign finance report and see the litany of people that are donating that are the special interest groups that are the leftists, the woke, the green deal, all of those leftist organizations that are littered all throughout his campaign finance report. And those are people that we're not beholden to. We're beholden to the person that lives next to you for the one that encompasses this district. Those are the people that we're supposed to be beholden to not special interests, not all of these lobbyists, not of, because they buy you a steak dinner. I'll buy my own steak dinner. I don't need anything from anybody because, just like you said, if you if you take that step out and prove to yourself that you can make it, no matter what the circumstance. So in my circumstance, I, I chose to leave my corporate America job to begin my own consulting group so that I could have that own liberty and freedom to decide how I live my life. For me and my son and I proved to myself that I can do 
anything. I can figure it out. And you don't have to have your, your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, you don't have to have those alliances with those people because those people aren't what matters. It's about being a servant to the ones that put you in the office that you hold in that seat that your rear end occupies. Those are the people that you hold allegiance to, yeah. not the special interest group. You, you're exactly right. What, what you're referring to is special interest. So, so many of our politicians that, that they are handcuffed to special interest. And, yeah. and, and, and those, those, those donors are, are controlling those politicians. Uh, Absolutely. She, she mentioned going in, and for those of y'all that may not know, they're in Senate District Number Six. Uh, the current senator that she's running in the primary against is Chad McMahon. And, uh, he doesn't have a very high rating as a conservative. Uh, runs as a Republican, but does not vote the Republican platform. Does not live the Republican platform. And uh, th- that's the problem right now in this state, is that we have a Republican majority in this state. 122 representatives, 77 of those are Republicans. Only 42 are Democrats. I think we have two or three independents. In the Senate, of the 52 members of the chamber, we have 36 that are Republicans and only 16 that are Democrats. Every statewide office are Republican elected officials. But this state is not being ran by conservative Republicans. This state Mm -hmm. is not being managed according to the guidelines of the Republican platform. Mm -mm. Our Republicans, these so-called Republicans, rhinos, Republican in name only, they're not voting the party platform. They're voting like Democrats. That's right. They're they're, they're raising your taxes. They're, They're taking bills that are important to the citizens of this state like religious exemptions for vaccines. They want to do away with that. They, they want to do away with the ballot initiative. They, they, they want to do away with the bill to eliminate the state income tax. But yet we'll spend all this time, money, and effort to, to legalize marijuana. It's mm-hmm. about priorities. It's about priorities. That's right. uh, so, some right. of these things are, are, are common sense issues. And, 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 and half of our party members are, are, are patting themselves on the back that they're willing to reach across the aisle and compromise. When you have a super majority, you don't need compromise. No, we're, 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 not, we're not there to enable the liberal Democrats of this state. We're there to defeat mm-hmm. them at every turn on every issue. Mm-hmm. We're not there to to concede defeat when we don't need to concede defeat. We're not no. there to be tolerant. We're we're there to win. We're mm-hmm. there fighting to keep Mississippi conservative. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a tragedy when the legislature in Michigan is rated as being more conservative than the state legislature in Mississippi. 
And you, nobody would ever think that. But it's out there. It's out there. You go to the AmericanConservativeUnion.com. You can see it for yourself. You can go and see it for yourself. It's a purple state. A purple state. And, and, and who would have thought in, in a million years that, that this is the way we would be trending? It's Mm-mm. absolutely absurd. You know, it, 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 and I want to go back to this uh, uh, point one more time. It's not about what you say you believe. It's about what you live that you believe. Mm -hmm. And I want to congratulate you because you are living out your conviction. You're you're living Mm, your conviction. But 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 some of these politicians like like Chad uh, McMahon or uh, how do you pronounce his name? Is it is it McMahon? McMahon. McMahon. Uh-huh. You, you look at his donor list. You had mentioned that a while ago. Folks, uh-huh. this information is, is not, this is, this is not private information. This is public information. We live in a transparent state where anything you want to know, you can find out. Folks, all you got to do is go over to the Secretary of State's website, scroll down just a, just a uh, little bit down the first page, campaign finance search they make it really easy for you you go there to do your public search and all you have to do is put in the name of the candidate the committee of the candidate the political action committee or the political initiative committee put those names in there and it will give you a list of all their donors and how much money was given to them you can look at those donor lists and tell who's conservative and who's not that's right. You go to Senator Chris McDaniel's donor list and you look at the information that's been published and what you see is a grassroots movement. Yes. You see the everyday mom and pop who is donating money to his campaign. There are no big businesses. Mm-mm. There are no out-of-state outfits that are donating money to Chris's campaign. When you start to see these out-of-state donors, when you start to see these special interest groups, hey, this money isn't free. It's going to cost these candidates something. They're selling their vote. And and we wonder why Mississippi is in the condition that, that it's in. Folks, it's imperative. It is imperative that we unseat some of these incumbents. You don't just vote the status quo. Don't just vote... For the incumbent, well, if they were good enough the first go around, they'll be good enough again. Get to know some of these challengers. You need to do the research because I'm telling you, I I don't know that we have another two to four years to clean up the damage that's being done. That's right. We cannot afford to sit back with our hands in our pockets. We've got to get involved. Every single one of you under the sound of my voice have the ability to make a difference, to get involved. Show up at a meeting, write a check. If it's not but $5, I look at the lines that are wrapped around Starbucks. Their coffee is not that good. Take that $5 <laughs> from that nasty cup of coffee and send that $5 in to one of these candidates. Because I'm going to tell you, for somebody mounting a challenge against an incumbent, this is an uphill battle. It is. And every single dollar matters every single donation counts 
It buys push mm-hmm. cards. It buys signs. It pays for gas. It pays for hotel rooms. I'm telling you, folks, it costs money to win these wars. It costs money. Mm-hmm. And if it's conservative Republicans, if we'll rally around these candidates and say, hey, listen, we're going to vote for you. We're going to make sure you get elected, but we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to mm-hmm. hold you. And if and if you don't do what we hired you to do, we're going to replace you. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll run primaries. See, that's the thing is we, we don't 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 rock the boat. That's the message in the Republican Party. Don't rock the vote. Why, why are you running against incumbents? Why? Why? why are you? Because we've hired Goodness, you to do. I- you, you, you're running as Republicans. We elected you as Republicans, but you are not legislating as Republicans. That's right. You're not. You got to rattle the cages. And, and so, for for they're used to the good old boy system. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. The most dangerous thing outside of a liberal is an uneducated voter. Mm-hmm. Folks, we have to educate ourselves. The resources are there. The material is there. You've got to go study and research because every election, it determines the future for our children and for our grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Some of this legislation, Absolutely. I'm telling you, you've got to fight them tooth and nail. Because once some of these things are enacted, it is really hard to change it. That's right. It's hard to back up. And so uh, it's people like Lauren Smith, people like Alan Sibley and uh, uh, Chris McDaniels and so many others out there that are saying, hey, we're going to fight for conservative values. We're going to take the fight to them. We're going to put our Mm -hmm. lives on the line. And, and and many of you don't realize, but some some of these candidates they're bankrolling their own campaigns. They 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 don't have the ability to go out and get the big bucks. Mm-hmm. They're taking out personal loans. They're selling properties. They're they're doing. I know one candidate in particular that took a part time job just so as he could invest in his own campaign. That's remarkable. It it, it it's up to us. To say, you know what, I can't go down to the state legislature, but if you're willing to go fight for me and my family, the least I can do is help support you in every way that I can. Support them with your prayers. But listen, folks, prayers alone do not work. I tell my church all the time. If all we do is pray, it does us no good. The scripture tells us what good does it do to wish a man Godspeed and to wish him a full belly and 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 a warm night if you're not willing to give them food clothes money what what good does this uh, it does no good you That's have to right. put legs on your prayers mm-hmm. we can pray till we're blue i'm praying for the country we're praying folks you got to write a check you got to invest money these folks have big money and we've got yeah. to write checks We've got to hold fundraisers. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you're listening and you're in her district, you need to be looking at holding a fundraiser. Help her raise money. It's going to take money to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren, talk to us a little bit about some of the issues that that are nearest and dearest to your heart, things that 
um, you believe that that uh, if you get uh, elected, that you believe some things you can get implemented that will help the future of our children. Absolutely. And for my child and my grandchildren and just these up and coming generations is why I fight. So you're absolutely right. Um, you know, this is the thing. I have a lot of ideas, a lot of things that I feel would be absolutely perfect to see our state head in the direction of. Um, but before I talk about that, I want to preface it with this. If we don't get leadership change in that state Senate, it will be for nothing. And by that, I mean it is going to take getting Chris McDaniel elected into that into that lieutenant governor position. Because as you know, the lieutenant governor is the one steering the helm of the state legislature. It He is the gatekeeper. So... So with it, that preface, if we can get Chris McDaniel good conservative leadership in the LG position, I feel like we're going to turn this state up on its head. The things that I really hold near and dear to my heart, as you just mentioned, are things like religious freedom, religious liberties. We're one of only four states in the United States who don't have a religious exemption for vaccines for our children. But yet, if nobody wants to talk about it, it is the number one leading cause of autism. I will say it. I don't care what anybody else says. It is affecting our children. And, you can't and we're in the Bible that, Belt. That we can't. Exactly. But we are ran by Democrats. We might have the republic. You just you went through the entire list flawlessly of all the Republican leadership that we have, but they don't rule and they don't they don't vote like Republicans. We have all of this supposedly at our discre- at our discretion of vote Republican, you'll get Republican policy. That's a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell because I can tell you right now, those men and women do not vote for the best interest of conservative values of our state. They do not do it, and they're not going to because we're not holding them accountable, because we're not changing leadership, because we keep sending the same people over and over and over, and we just, all we want is a place at the table. Yet it's our table. It's our table. We're the ones that provide it, but yet we're begging for scraps. We're just hoping that a crumb drops down. I hope that the state legislature will give us religious liberty exemptions for our children so they can attend school and go to places and be a part of the society and not have to have all of these vaccinations and let the parent decide. I hope they'll give it to us, but they never do. They never give it to us. But they're going to dangle things like we might consider eliminating the state income tax per we meet triggers, but we can't afford to take any cuts. No, no, because we've grown government so much, we can't afford to take any cuts. I have a very, very strong position on that. It's not that the government has a revenue problem. It's the government has a spending problem. Absolutely. They have a spending problem. It's not our responsibility to continue the special interest, continue funding the pet project, all of the studies and the money that goes into this state for Green New Deal stuff, for all of this crazy things that have nothing to do with ensuring 
the success of our state, yet we are one of the highest rated ones that receive federal funding, yet we're the poorest. There's a reason for that correlation. There's a reason that we have such a huge amount of a population on welfare. It's because we facilitate it. And yet we want to spread the wealth, redistribution of wealth, just on our way to socialism. Redistribution of wealth. We have that, we've seen as, that go, as the state legislature passed Medicaid expansion postpartum for women. I'll tell you right now, one of the reasons, and you talked about it, I'm living my convictions is because how can a woman come at me who is a woman, who is a mother, a single mother at that, how are you going to come at me and tell me how I need to be able to stay on postpartum for 12 months on Medicaid whenever I'm a woman and I don't need it? I've had a child. I am a mother. So tell me why you need this because I know right now we are doing nothing but facilitating more welfare in the state. People that are able-bodied and working, tell a woman to come tell me that because I'm living it. I can make my own way, and I choose to make my own way. Is it hard? Absolutely. But it is not the state's responsibility to take care of me from cradle to grave. And that's what we have to keep in mind. That's why we have to make sure that we continue to educate ourselves, to not continue sending the incumbents back year after year after year just because they're there. Or just because, like you said, you know, some people might not have the time and the energy and effort to be able to put into a race. But find somebody who is and get behind them. Get behind them. Because those are the matters that we got to fight for. We have to fight against the, mon the monopolization of government overtake of our hospital systems in the state. The government has no business handling the health care of the citizens. That belongs to the private sector. Allow capitalism to do its job. Allow the private sector to flourish, cut the red tape, get government out of the way, provide tax incentivization for more health care um, more health care providers to come into this and watch it take off. You will see a complete 180 of our rural health care system, our, our um, systems in the cities. It will absolutely turn around. And the key is to get government's hand out of it. Those are just a few of my stances. I have many more. But my fight is anywhere where it's protecting constitutional freedoms and liberties. Restore the liberty of the individual. Get government out of the way. Quit cutting taxes and raising them in another place. That's a tax swap. That's not a tax cut. We are not here to, we, we have to cut the spending. We have to have fiscal responsibility. Ensure that the citizens have true and fair representation through the people that they elect by accountability. Those are the things that I want to see happen. And that's exactly why I'm running. You know, it's the disingenuous narrative that's being pushed by Republicans, not Democrats, but by Republicans, where they're wanting to convince the constituency of Mississippi that they're up there doing the right thing. Now, Lynn Fitch, 
our attorney general. She ran as a conservative Republican. It come out of her mouth. Now, we know she's not a conservative. But 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 she wants no, to convince the people that voted for her that she is a God-fearing conservative woman. And mm-hmm. she writes an opinion piece that I read the other day. And I had mentioned it on one of our previous uh, shows. She said, Mississippi needs to expand Medicaid, especially the postpartum coverage, because this bill will strengthen our families, and America is built on strong families. Strong families, she says, are built on them having adequate health care. Since when did expanding Medicaid and welfare strengthen families? Those are safety nets. Those are social safety nets. You do not make a stronger Mississippi. You do not build stronger families by giving them government assistance. You build strong families by providing jobs. Those jobs provide health care and a living, and that is what helps to build strong families. But instead of looking in their district, so so many of these guys, I'm telling you, it it just blows my mind, the, the frivolousness of some of these bills, the stupidity of some of these lawmakers, wasting their time on on idiotic legislation, and they spend very little time looking to secure industry in their districts. They they talk about they're Uh for jobs. They're not looking to bring jobs to their district. They're not bringing Uh jobs to their district. You bring, we invest in infrastructure. We invest in good roads and bridges and good schools. We, we, We make, those districts attractive for business. Right. Then business right. will want to come into those communities and they're going to bring with them good paying jobs. Not only are they going to mm-hmm. bring jobs, they're going to bring health care benefits with them. They're going to bring retirement plans with them and people are able to thrive. You do not right. give people public assistance and think that that's going to build a strong family unit. Not at all. It's absolutely absurd that our attorney general, as smart as she's supposed to be, that she would say it's not only the smart thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. What blows my mind. The right thing by who? That's what I want to know. (laughs) The right thing by who? Because it certainly isn't benefiting anybody. I mean, we are talking about... and, and I hate to interrupt you, but, I mean, this just gets under my skin. Who is it right by? Because that's an additional $35 million that's going to be tacked on to the taxpayer's bill. Absolutely. To facilitate this. So good for who, Lynn? I want to know good for who. Because we're talking about we're living in a post-Roe v. Wade world here. But, yes, thank God. I'm so glad that Mississippi finally took the right stance in ending the murdering of innocent children. Thank you. Again, we're applauding Republicans for doing something they should have been doing all along. We should not even 
be having to have this discussion, but we are nonetheless. Here we are. We're so late, we're late we're to the ball game. Yeah, we're late to the ball yeah. game, but we want to pat ourselves on the back. That's right. So we talk about we're living in a post-road world, so we have to now create the environment to accommodate these children that are not going to be allowed to be murdered anymore. Well, that's wonderful. But guess what? I'm so proud we are finally taking a stand for life. But again, it is not the state's responsibility. We already allow women with no financial check whatsoever to get on Medicaid with proof of a pregnancy. They could make $90,000 a year, have health insurance, and they just don't want to file it on their health insurance, let's say. And they go to the Medicaid office, just that positive pregnancy test, and they are automatically enrolled. So we're going to allow somebody who already does not have to be checked for any finances whatsoever to determine their eligibility for a welfare program. And we're going to allow them to stay on it for 12 months, regardless of the condition. It could be anything, and the state's going to pay for it. And they're doing it in the name of saving mothers' lives whenever the study that they conducted showed, in fact, that 37 of the 40 women that passed Due to due to uh, pregnancy compli- or postpartum complications, we're already on Medicaid. So explain to me how we are helping anybody because Medicaid is in fact a service that most providers prefer not to take. They prefer not to take Medicaid. Absolutely. So who are we really benefiting here? Because it's not adding up. You you got you have a you have a service a government provided service that providers do everything that they can to avoid. We have a service that 37 of the 40 women that suffered mortality during postpartum complications and passed, unfortunately, and it's horrible that that even happened, but we're already on Medicaid. So who are we doing this for? Because we're about to spend $35 million in order to save women that couldn't even be saved to begin with because they were already on those programs. So. Again, it's not passing the sniff test, and I'm not buying that it's good for anybody except for the special interest. That is all that it's going to be good for. Right. Well, you know, again, it, it, it goes back to the fact that we have put these people in these positions, and, mm-hmm. and so many of them, have bought in to this government God syndrome. That's right. I, I, I hate to say it, but it, it, it it's, I, I don't know if it's spiritual. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but, but they get elected and all of a sudden it, it's, it's, it's government is the answer to everything. Government holds the key to everything. I knew a gentleman who was extremely conservative I came up with and uh, was a big Rush Limbaugh fan. And he goes to school at the University of South Alabama. Run into him a few years later. And and he's a complete liberal. And he says, you know, the thing about it is, Will, is that I was just, I was dumb and ignorant and, 
you know, all the things that I learned and because the, 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 the deal is it's this pipeline of, of, uh, they want government to be the largest employer mm-hmm. and government has all the answers. And as long as we keep this machine running, everything's going to be okay. You know, mm-hmm. you look at, you look at, you're, you're in the medical field. I mean, look, look at, I mean, it, I mean, it's like people tap into this industry and all of a sudden it's flush with government funds and grants and, and all of a sudden government has all the answers. I mean, all, all of a sudden their politics just begin to change. Why? Because they're getting their paycheck from the government. They're getting, that's right. they're, they're getting their health care from the government They're it, All of a sudden the government, the government is, is the God of our lives. And that, and that's the mm-hmm. way they want it. That they want us to be beholden to the government. They want you to need them. They want that's to be right. your answer. They want to indoctrinate your kids. They want to tell you how to provide health care for your kids. They want to be your employer. They, it, it blows my mind. And, and then on top of all of that, you're there to be a fiscal conservative, but, but we're going to, we're going to give ourselves a, Modest pay raise. Yep. This is a part-time gig. That's right. This is a part-time gig. And and what's shocking, let let me tell you what blows my mind. What blows my mind is the number of people sitting in both chambers. And this is their only job. I know. They don't have. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. They're living nope. on this $23,500 a year salary and this $155 a day per diem. Yep. But that but they're not they're they're doing quote unquote consulting. Absolutely. For absolutely. <laughs> for firms. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> AKA AKA price tag for my vote. <laughs> but but what this is 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 it, it this is a part-time job. Mm-hmm. You you look and and again it goes back to don't don't judge people by what they say they believe. Watch how they live. This That's will right. tell you everything you need to know about an individual. How do they mm-hmm. live? Because if they're living mm-hmm. by their convictions, you know what you've got. It's when their mouth That's says right. one thing and their actions speak another. That's so true. Um. Uh, again, l- listener, you, you you have to understand that we're not here just just attempting to vent. We're we're here to educate you and to tell you it's imperative that you get involved. Every single one mm-hmm. of us, I've made it a a, a, a responsibility of my children. I we, me and my wife raised four boys. Uh, all of our children are grown except for uh, our 15-year-old. And uh, I told every one of them, don't, don't go around. One of them told his friends, oh, we're Republicans. We're, we're not Democrats. And I asked him, I said, son, do you know what it means to be a Republican? Well, yeah, you know. I said, no, you go back and you study what it means to be a conservative Republican. And then you come back and tell me. 
See, see, mm-hmm. see, so many young people out there, they just, they just go with the flow. They go with what they hear. Again, you can have conversations in the, in the polling lines and, and, and realize, my God, 95% of these people, they don't even have a clue about any of the issues. They spend That's all right. their time watching TV. They spend all their time doing this, that, and the other. And, and for many of them, all you hear is all this Washington, D.C. politics, and they don't have a clue what's going on right here in their own state. And I tell people, local politics affects your life more than what's going on in Washington. That is so what's true. What's happening right here in your community with your aldermen, your mayors, your 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 supervisors, uh, your your uh, district senators and, and representatives, your state officials, what's going on right here in this state, in these 82 counties, this is affecting your family far more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, 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 and people don't understand that the, our, the state is the only line of defense that we have left to push back against the federal it government. It is the absolutely only line of defense to push back. There is a reason yeah. we are called these United States of America. Yeah. These United States make up this country. That's right. We make the country. The country doesn't make us. That's right. And so we're, we're raising our families here in this state. These issues are what matters to us, how business is done. It matters to us and our families right here. Why? Because this is where we're working. This is where we're worshiping. This is where we're we're spending our time in recreation right here in this state. And there is absolutely no reason for people to be ignorant. You know, one good thing that COVID brought about, you can go right there to YouTube, type in in the search bar, Mississippi legislature, and you can watch every committee meeting, every subcommittee meeting, Every meeting on the floor of the Senate and the House is broadcast right there live. You I'll can, watch it every day. You can I'll watch, watch it every but, but, day. But, but, but we have 2.8 million people in this state. 2.8 million. And I believe we have closer to 3 million. I think a lot of people, they don't pay attention to the census. They don't get them. And again, that's another thing. They don't, they, they, they don't, uh, uh, get involved in the census, they don't turn their cards in, and it costs the state of Mississippi. It, it costs us. We, we end up losing right. seats. We end up having to redistrict. All of these things. But but I believe we have closer to 3 million. But the uh-huh. point is, is when you watch how many viewers are watching those legislative sessions, sometimes it's 50 or 60 people. Yep. I think they only have a little over 3,000 subscribers. But think about yeah. how many Mississippians are on YouTube watching frivolousness when they could be watching these sessions and saying, hey, hold up. You you can't lie to me. I heard what you said on the floor. I heard That's what you right. uh, um, going to school board meetings. All of these uh, people just are not engaged. They're not engaged. Well, it's because the world apparently the unfortunate thing about the internet and smart technology and the phones that we carry is we've created this culture and society of instant gratification, instant gratification. We, we watch 10 second clips on TikTok, 30 second reels on Facebook and Instagram, all meant and geared towards 
entertainment. And yet we have absolutely lost the ability to carry on intellectual conversation, to be able to hear debate and understand the logic and the reason behind and the reasons why things are done. And, and let's be honest, politics aren't sexy. There's nothing attractive about that. It's boring. But we ha- we live in the society of instant gratification. If it doesn't bring me pleasure instantly, then it's instantly written off just as quickly as it came through. So those are the things that have created this society that have made it the way that it is. And we have this mentality that if it's not going to to help me right now, then it's no need in investing in it. But yet, you hit the nail on the head. We are losing our freedom hand over fist. Day by day, they are being eroded and encroached on. And it comes in the flavors of just do it for the greater good. Do it for your neighbor. Do it for this. It's for the children. It's for your safety. I don't need the government to protect me. I can protect myself. I can protect my home and my son through my constitutional rights that I was, my unalienable right, given to me by God from the moment I drew my first breath, the moment that every American drew their first breath, they were entitled to them. And yet the government has brainwashed everyone that they are going to be granted those gifts. I'm going to grant you the right to bear arms. I'm going to grant you the right to worship in public or see how, however you see fit. We've been brainwashed that we're given these things by politicians. Whenever they were not ever theirs to give to begin with, they were ours the moment we were born. And that's the society that we live in, that's right. unfortunately. Well, and it, and it, it takes people like us that bring, bring politics to the people to get them back engaged. Right. It says here on your platform – um, cut taxes for Mississippi families, fight the expansion of Obamacare, fight against woke culture, fully fund and support mm-hmm. our police, stand up and fight to mm-hmm. protect constitutional rights. Many of the things on this platform ought not be so. Why in the state of Mississippi are we fighting the expansion of Obamacare? Why are we even fighting the expansion of Medicaid in Mississippi? <laughs> You know, the Bible because said there were ran things. By Democrats. <laughs> the Bible says when Paul began to list things amongst the church, he said, these ought to be things that ought not even be spoken among you. I shouldn't even mm-hmm. be having to address these issues in a state that's supposed to be conservative in the Bible belt. Why, mm-hmm. why, why, why should we be fighting woke culture in the Republican party. Why should we be standing up and trying to fight to protect constitutional rights? Because the truth of the matter is Lauren, my adversary at this point is not Democrats. It's Republicans. That's right. Our fight in this state is with Republicans. Our fight is with Delbert Hoseman. Mm-hmm. Our fight is with Dean Kirby and all those in the Senate that are holding his water. That's right. That That's our adversary. We're fighting mm-hmm. to remove rhinos 
from office. Mm-hmm. But but we're fighting the battle as though it's liberal Democrats that we're we're having to fight. But these are members of our own party. And and what's yeah. sad is 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 how the Republican Party in the state of Mississippi they will target and censor and smear conservatives. Oh yeah. They target yes, Chris so McDaniel. Yes, you're branded a far right winger. They they target Chris McDaniel as a radical uh uh uh, uh tyrant, as a ego driven narcissistic. A grandstander because he's willing to stand on his principles. They target Melanie Sojourner and remove her district completely. And then on top of that, with an all Republican majority across the state, we, we enlarge the only district that's being represented by a liberal Democrat, Benny Thompson. Mm-hmm. We expand right. his district and we disenfranchise every one of those Republican voters. Yes. Delbert Hoseman single-handedly targeted Melanie Sojourner because she took a stand against him. Yes, he did. He sought to deliberately end her political career in the House or in the Senate. And he did it successfully because he got every one of the Republicans. He did it with the the help of Republicans. He did it with Republicans. That's right. He Uh, rules that Senate with an iron fist. you, You mentioned it earlier. A lot of people don't realize this. The most powerful position in this state is not that of governor. Mm-mm. All the power is vested in the lieutenant governor in this state. Yes. If you want control, if you want to get things done, you have to be sitting in that seat. Mm-hmm. That lieutenant governor will decide what lives and what dies. That's true. The best thing that can happen for the state of Mississippi to salvage what we have is to elect Chris McDaniel for lieutenant governor. He is the only conservative running for lieutenant governor. When the Democrats, you, you look at who the Democrats fear the most, and that'll tell you who you need to vote for. Look at who Republicans fear the most, <laughs> and that tells you your choice. That's right. When the Republicans and the Democrats agree that. Chris McDaniel's a bad guy. That that right there ought to tell you who you need to vote for. Oh, I love that. That's so true. That is so true. You know, the old because saying he, goes. He will. He calls it out. Well, the old saying goes, don't judge a man by who his friends are. Judge a man by who his enemies are. Mm-hmm. You look at an individual's oh, enemies, and that'll tell you what they stand for. That's so true. Not who that's he's so friends true. with. Hey, I've got a lot of liberal friends. I've got, I have friends, good friends. In the House and the Senate. They are my friends. Mm-hmm. I love them. I love their souls. I love them as people, but I despise their politics. Their politics right. are detrimental to my family's future. Yes. See, that that's, that's the problem is they get elected and they want to be liked. They, they want to go up there and rub elbows. Oh, one of my biggest pet peeves. Oh, I hate that. I made a post about that the other day. I said, when are we going to start electing people 
for their principles. And whenever it, it hasn't become such a popularity contest, stop trading principles for popularity. Stop. It has nothing to do. This is not high school. This is not where you get elected prom king and queen. You are there for the betterment of this state. And all everybody is worried about is where dinner's going to be for that night. As a, as a pastor, I've been in ministry close to 20 years full time. Uh, been a businessman in this state for over 20 years. Played a lot of roles, been involved in a lot of things. And uh, when I decided that it was important that I began to voice myself in the arena of ideas when it come to politics, I had many people come out, friends, family. Hey, what you need to do is just, just as, a, as a Christian, as a pastor, you just need to be quiet and just... Stay out of all that. Just just preach the gospel to people and and just just don't 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 do that. You're gonna you're gonna upset people and as as pastors we want everybody to like us and 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 that's just not gonna be healthy for your ministry. And I'm sure you've heard the same thing. Christians just need oh, to stay yeah. Christians need to leave politics alone. Okay, we, we did Jesus wasn't involved in politics. We just you you they, they want to shame you. And they want you to be quiet. But I want to remind our listeners, and one thing we do on this show is we pride ourselves on educating. Again, folks, I say at every show, what we need is a revival of education in history. Mm-hmm. We need to refamiliarize ourselves with history. Something that they're wanting to alter, change, steal, and rewrite. That's right. They don't want you to learn real history. But I'm going to tell you something. Patrick Henry, one of the first ratifiers of the U.S. Constitution, made this statement. Folks, I'm not making this up. But you can go to page 402 of Sketches of the Life and Character of Patrick Henry, and this is what he says. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. That's powerful. Listen, friends, we're talking about a man who helped to ratify the United States Constitution. What solidified the rights of every American it acknowledged our God-given rights. And this man mm-hmm. makes this statement. It was not religion, but it was Christians. And as true God-fearing Christians that love freedom, hey, I welcome the Muslims. I welcome those that disagree with me. I welcome those that don't believe like me. Because as conservatives, we truly believe in freedom. Uh-huh. God gave us That's the ability right. to be free moral agents. And as conservatives, hey, I, because you don't attend my church, I don't, I don't hold that against you. We believe in mm-hmm. freedom. We believe that everyone has the right to worship as they choose or to not worship. Mm-hmm. We believe that you know best for your family. See, they want to turn it around and make us that, that we're some type of, uh, of militant 
terrorist and that everybody has to see everything's our way. That's not what conservatism is about. It's not that you have mm-hmm. to agree with me on every issue. It's that we have to agree what the ground rules are. And the Constitution mm-hmm. is unwavering, both state and federal, that certain rights were given by God and not by man. And man is mm-hmm. merely there to defend those God-given rights. That's right. But that this country was founded on the principles of the Holy Bible. I'm not telling you, you have to choose that book, but I'm saying, listen, this is what we were built on. And as such, I'm not telling you, you have to be a Christian. I'm telling you, you can, you can exercise your freedoms. See, that's the beauty of conservatism is that we are tolerant. As conservatives, we are tolerant. It's the left that claims to be tolerant that is intolerant. Because if you don't believe the left, if you don't align with the left, they will destroy you. They will seek to have you fired. They'll seek to have your life destroyed, your income cut off. They'll do whatever it takes to destroy you and your family. Mm-hmm. But you don't see conservatives doing that. We don't we don't go out and destroy people that don't agree with us. We defend their Not right to disagree. That's right. See, that's the that's difference. Right. That's the difference. We're not the mean people that they claim that we are. We're not at all. All we want is to be left alone. Just leave us alone. <laughs> we can we can see to our own affairs. We can see to our own lives. We just want to be left alone. But see, that's part Don't of the brainwash. Don't indoctrinate our children. Right. But see, that's part of being brainwashed. They have bought into the idea that 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 God is government. God is government. They don't want the God of the Bible. What they want is the God of government to give you what you need, to choose for you. That's what they want. You know, because it removes accountability. It removes the ability for one to chart the course that they see fit. They don't really want prosperity. See, you cannot have prosperity and equality at the same time. There's equal opportunity, but not equality. You're right. See, there is no sin. equality. Is a is it is it, it, it it's it doesn't exist. They 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 you're 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 propagating something that 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 is impossible. Because to make it completely, uh, you want to talk about that that just delves into what I talked about of the redistribution of wealth. So what kind of equality are you talking about? Do you, the left wants equality. So we're talking about equal wealth, equal assets, equal property, equal everything. Because if that's the case, then we're moving towards complete socialism and communism. Absolutely. That's what we're moving towards. And if we don't stand up now, everybody as conservatives, just like you just mentioned, we want everybody to have the same rights. And that's what I was saying, like, you can have the equal opportunity, but you got to go out and get it. You have to go out and work. You have to go out and chase your dreams. Don't rely on me and my hard work to give it to you. Right. You know, I, we talk about oh, something that I love using as a reference. So the children of Israel, whenever they came out of Egypt, 
wandered around the desert for 40 years. 40 years they remained outside the promised land. But it wasn't because they couldn't have had it. It was theirs. It's just that generation chose not to walk in the ways of God, not to obey his commandments. Absolutely. And because of that, because of that, it kept them out of the promised land. So who really was at fault there? Was it God? No. It was the people of Israel. And because of their consequences, because of their actions, kept them out of the promise that God had for them for 40 years. And it took another generation coming up behind them to ratify what we believe we're on the cusp of a national revival to undo what the older generations have ruined. We have the promised land. We already have the promise of victory in the end. Yes. As children of God, as the as children of the most high God, we already have the victory. It's written, it is so, it has been prophesied, and we are living out and seeing those prophecies fulfilled day after day, year after year. But what we do in the meantime, between now and then, makes all the difference. Do we sit by? Do we just say the nation is going to hell and there's nothing we should do about it except wait for the end? No. We do not leave it to the lions to devour. We are here to be the trumpet, to be the ones to show the world there is a greater good. There is a reason for living. You can believe in a higher goodness. You can believe in yourself. You have the power to do everything that you need to do because you are endowed with the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You have that same power living inside of you if you are a born-again Christian. So tell me why you can't do something because it's written that you can. So I get really riled up whenever I start talking about this because I believe that if we truly grasp on, we have at our hands, at the fingertips, to change the trajectory of our state in this election year. We have the ability to turn it and right the ship in the direction that it needs to go. And we can set this state up for wondrous things for the next decade. Things that are good, things that are going to move us in the direction it's supposed to go. However, it goes just the same to the opposite end of the spectrum. If we don't get it right this election year, another Democrat state in 10 years, maybe sooner. Absolutely. We are at a paradigm shift right here this very year. And it takes people getting engaged. It takes people knowing what's at stake because there is a lot at stake if we don't get it right this election year to turn our state around and to do just what we've been talking about for the past hour, fighting for what true Republican conservatism truly is. Because what's in Jackson right now sure ain't it. Well, the lines are getting thinner. Uh, The Magnolia Tribune uh, linked up and did a poll with the uh, another company, uh, Mason Dick. Let's see. uh, Maybe it was Mason Dixon polling. And they said that uh, Tate Reeves had a statewide 
uh, 7% lead on Democrat candidate uh, Brandon Presley. Only seven percentage points statewide. That's sad. Folks, th- th- those margins, they're getting smaller. Year after mm-hmm. year, they're getting smaller. I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm an avid reader. And uh, G, G. Michael Hoff uh, from the novel, Those Who Remain, th- there was there was several quotes that were stated in this book. One was, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. This is, this is where we're at. Our forefathers lived in hard times and they created strong men. Those strong men mm-hmm. built this nation and caused us to have good times. But those good times in the last 30 or 40 years have created weak people. And now those weak men are creating hard times. It's a tragedy. In that, in that, in that book, th- this quote was also made. Uh, it is something that I, that when I read this, it reminded me of something me and you had spoke about a while ago. He says, we don't defeat our enemy by giving him a platform to spread the very propaganda they hope will defeat you. You can only have freedom and liberty when others want that for you. When the other side only uses freedom with the hopes of destroying it later once they're in charge, it's time to shut them down. They will use our Constitution as long as they need to until they get the power, and then they will trash it. And that's what we're Mm -hmm. seeing happen. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't care anything about the Constitution unless it benefits their narrative. That's right. But they have no real love for the Constitution. No, none whatsoever. Um, it's been a great interview, folks. Oh, thank you. I, I want enjoyed you it. to go out, get involved in these primaries, get involved in a local campaign. Listen, I'm telling you. Get behind these conservative candidates. Lauren, tell our listeners how they can go about getting in touch with you. Give them your website, your Facebook, and tell them how they can make donations. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. So you can go to laurensmithsenate.com. laurensmithsenate.com takes you directly to my, to my website where you can donate. Uh, you can also sign up on to put in your email and your name to stay in touch with my campaign, and we'll let you know what events are or if we're going to be out knocking doors in that area. Things like that is a great way just to stay engaged. I'm very active on Facebook and Twitter. I just began my Twitter account, so I have like zero followers, but that's okay. My big platform is is the Prime platform and the Lauren Smith for Jason District 6 page. Either one of those, you can stay in touch with me on. Um, Prime is my original group that I began back in 2020. It's got 12,500 members in it. I love people joining that, staying engaged. We talk all things politics on that on that group, and it's really wonderful. Um, great community, too. So you can find me on Facebook, Lauren Smith for State Senate District 6. Lauren Smith for State Senate District 6. You can find me on there, and you can email me. My email is laurensmith.ms.23 at gmail. laurensmith.ms.23 at 
so anytime anybody has any questions or wants to know more, I am completely accessible. And that's part of my um, part of my pledge to my constituents, should they decide to elect me as their honorable representative, that I do remain completely accessible to the people that put me there and also outside of that district, too, because I'm I'm not just representing just people of Mississippi and District 6, but every Mississippian that believes in freedom and individual liberty. Those are our people, and those are the, the family that creates the conservative movement in this state. So I need to ask you this question for our listeners. Um, so what kind of feedback are you getting there on the ground in your district? Oh, it's so wonderful. <laughs> it's so encouraging. Uh, I'm loving it. Uh, people are being so kind and so generous whenever they hear that I'm running. They're like, oh, my God, we had no idea that anybody was challenging them. We're so excited. What what can we do? That's a lot of the feedback that I'm getting. Um, people are just excited that there can be a change. Uh, and crazy enough, I just knew there were going to be more challengers, but I was the only one that came out against them. The only one. And I'm so glad that I took that step because uh, this fight is needs fighters. It doesn't need yes men. Uh, he's very much a yes man. Goes with whatever he's told to do, and that's not what this district needs. It needs a fighter. And I have uh, I have a track record of fighting, and I will always remain true to our conservative principles and what we stand for. And it it would be my honor and pleasure to serve at the pleasure of the people of District Six. What is the uh, one thing your campaign needs uh, most right now? Money. Money. I need money. Yes, mailers. Uh, just to give people an idea of how much this campaign stuff costs. Uh, one yard sign costs roughly ten dollars. Well, once it's once it's bought, shipping, taxes, uh, gas to the volunteers to go put them out, it costs about ten dollars per yard sign. And there are sixty thousand households in the district. Um, mailers mailers cost about six thousand dollars to send out to every household in the district. Uh, so just to give people an idea of what their money is going to be going towards. It's going to be going towards signs. It's going to be going towards push cards. Um, it's going to be doing mailers. And if we get enough money, maybe radio. If we get enough money, I would love to do some radio ads. Um, but that's what it's going to cost. It, it costs a lot of money. And my incumbent our opponent is sitting on $190,000. So he is not going to be wanting for money. But that's okay. He's not going to outwork me on the ground. We are going to work hard. We're going to do everything we can to make every meeting, meet all the people that we can. And, and I'm looking forward to meeting all the people out in this district on the campaign trail. It's going to be a really great year. Folks, you heard it. It takes money to get in this fight. Uh, for any of our business people out there, any of our sponsors, uh, you know, you can contribute to multiple campaigns. Uh, some of our listeners, you may say, well, she's not in my district. She's not in my area. Listen, folks. She's up there fighting for every Mississippian. She may be put in office by her district, but she is fighting for every Mississippian. See, that's how politics works in our state. Everything that every one of these senators and representatives do, it affects every single one of us. So the more conservatives we put in power, the more allies our conservatives in our particular district have to fight the fight. 
That's if true. you've got a conservative in your district and you're getting behind them, hey, you hear her. She's not just campaigning for herself. She's campaigning for Chris McDaniel. Why? Because she needs somebody in that chamber, in that lieutenant governor's seat, that's going to link arm in arm with her to see things get done for the state of Mississippi. That's right. So, folks, we need all your help. We need all your help. All you uh, podcasters out there that are uh, tuning in and uh, uh, that are good friends of ours, hey, get her on the show. Listen, we need to broadcast this message. Every single one of us need to put a dime in the game. Every single one of us. Lauren, we've enjoyed it. We appreciate it. Hey, I love your zeal. Uh, I love your energy. And uh, I'm I'm believing that you're going to turn that district upside down. And uh, I just firmly believe you're going to unseat him. And uh, I believe we're talking to the next state senator of district number six. Oh, thank you so much. I believe with you, man. Absolutely. I do. Thank you. Absolutely. Look, we've enjoyed it. God bless you. Listener, until next time. Have a thank good you for tuning in to Mississippi Matters. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as other streaming platforms. Please share this episode with others. Feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Get in touch with us on Facebook or visit us online at www.mymississippimatters.com.